It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We are live on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio on a gorgeous day. It actually feels like fall. Smells like football weather. Tastes like football weather. And hey, everybody, check this out. Ready? Super Bowl! Nobody died. Nobody died. Everybody's still, oh my God, Brandon's keeling over. He's had a heart attack. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's been the theme of the week this far. It's like, how far can this team go? And now that Jason Peters is down and Jordan Hicks, aren't you getting a little nervous? San Francisco's... Coming here, uh, who hasn't won a game at all? They're starting uh, the the rookie himself, uh, who shouldn't have gone in the third round. Mm. C.J. Beathard from <laughs> Iowa, Johnny, of course. Also, George Kittle from oh my goodness, University of too Iowa. Too well. much Iowa. So there's too much Iowa going on this week for me. And that high powered Iowa offense, yeah, of course. Yeah, just running an offense from 1989 for ten straight years, uh, keeping Kirk Ferentz uh, well wealthy and uh, with uh, with jobs in hand, but. You know, that's where we kind of always come back to. Now, it's my fault, too, because I'm always looking for the trap game on the schedule. And there are a ton of people have been saying trap game, trap game, trap game every week. We were not one of those. If you remember correctly, we were saying, no, this is stop doing that. There has to be somebody in front of you. Now, I thought this would be because you're going, okay, well, you got Denver next. That's a really, really badass team. And then they weren't badass after a couple more weeks after that. So even throughout the week, we've been trying to figure out is it a trap game? Is it not? I'm going to say no. I, I was I was saying yes, but now I'm saying no because this isn't Denver's no longer a, a huge factor anymore. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, in in theory, you could look at it that way. It is the type of team you could look past just because they're zero and seven. They're coming off getting their asses whooped, sadly, by the Cowboys. Uh, so I think it is the type of game where you could look past it a little bit in that sense. But yeah, I don't think. The Eagles are looking ahead and saying, we got Denver coming in. We got to show that team that we're the better team. I don't think it's like that. Um, But I think the bigger thing, and and again, I feel very confident about Sunday. The Eagles are just a 
much better football team with or without Jason Peters and Jordan Nix. The bigger worry is just the the rain for me and kind of what that could lead to because you know that then you luck already plays a role in the NFL. It just increases that that element of it. So that bad luck too. Yeah, yeah, and that's really my only general worry for Sunday, but. I'm with you. I, I personally, BLG, I don't see this as a trap game. I think the Eagles are just a better team. If there's any positive to take away from the injuries to Jordan Hicks and Jason Peters, which honestly, there's not a lot. No. Those are two really good players. But I think it is the fact that this team can't really afford to overlook an opponent at this point. And I don't think they will because they know those are huge losses. They have to step up and account for those kind of losses. So I don't think it's a, a situation where you're coming off a win over Washington and you're completely healthy and you're just feeling awesome and everything is great. No, they have some adversity on their plate right now, right in front of them. And look, I just look at this 49ers team. They're not talented. (laughs) No, quite simply, they just lack talent. And on top of that, they're dealing with injuries. They're starting right guard. Brandon Fusco might be out. They're starting right tackle is probably going to be out. Has been dealing with a concussion. That's uh, Trent Brown. And neither of those guys are be- good to begin exactly. with. Yeah, Trent yeah. Brown is, has had a horrendous. I mean, Brandon Fusco has got to be like a thousand years old by now. Yeah. So they're so they're really not only are they not good, but they're also banged up. And they're coming in to this game West Coast to East. We always know how that's a challenge for those West Coast teams. I just think there's too many things here pointing in the Eagles' direction for this to be a letdown game. And our friends over at uh, NinersNation.com, which is, you know, <laughs> you can go to us and see Bleeding Green Nation. It's all a part of the SB Nation family. The literal title of their podcast this week, <laughs> Is C.J. Beathard Going to Die? Question mark. Yes. That's the actual and, title. <laughs> and uh, the answer is probably. You know, and that's what that's what worries me just as a human being. Be like, well, we don't want him to die necessarily. But at the same time, you nailed it on the head. I mean, if you stack up that defensive line versus this offensive line, and they're going to—that's their third right tackle that there would be on at that point. Uh, it's second, like, no, no, I still think the, the right second guard one. might be third. Right guard is third. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. So, man, oh man! And if their only real weapon, which has been proven, is Carlos Hyde, and even though he hasn't had that great of a year behind uh, a very putrid offensive line, and even Ryan Hoyer was in there, wasn't that great? Pierre Garcon is there? Sure, absolutely. Uh-huh. He's going to pop up, but I don't even know if he's going to have time to get the ball in his hands because CJ's going to be looking up at the sky. And that might be a very cloudy, rainy sky this week. Ooh. And sure, if there is a complete monsoon and it looks like all the right moves and it's just nothing but puddles of water all around. and Tom you know, Cruise is out there playing cornerback <laughs> right, all of a sudden. And he, uh, and he doesn't just go for the bat. He goes for the... <laughs> Goes for the, the interception and, the, and it ruins everything. <laughs> then sure, maybe, maybe. Spoiler alert, John! That movie's only thirty years old. Come on. <laughs> uh, but I think that's the only real factor in this game that could change the outcome. Even so, uh, they're also as as bad as they are not being able to protect their quarterbacks this year. They also can't really do that against the run either. So this opens up for Legarrette Blunt and Wendell Smallwood all over again. And you're just hoping, okay, you know, if it is humongously rainy conditions, and sure, maybe maybe you could see Alshon Jeffrey get involved if it is uh, really rainy because their secondary isn't much better. Uh, I, I, I like LeGarrette Blunt this week, James. Yeah, I think it's a huge Blunt week from multiple angles. One, you just mentioned uh, the Niners, one of the worst teams in the league at defending the run this season. You look at the kind of the game script you're expecting, a game where the Eagles can get to a lead and kind of just pound the ball away. It just 
feels like that type of game, especially if it's raining blunt out there, barreling people over in the rain. It just feels like that type of game. I'm with you. But you do make a great point, John, and I think it is dependent. And look, here's the thing with rain. It's wind that is much more of like it is much more of an effect on offense's ability to have success through the air than running or than rain is like like significantly a bigger difference when yeah. the wind is blowing fast. The winds don't, at least from the forecast, it doesn't seem like the winds are going to be as bad as initially expected. It's going to be a lot more rain. If they can throw the ball, the Niners are also really bad there as yeah. well. Like you said, really, this is a defense that has just been pretty much unable to stop either aspect of the game, and that's something, obviously, this Eagles offense should be able to take advantage of. And, and listen, I'll always defend Iowa players, but C.J. Beathard always, also throws the football without rain like a loaf of bread. And it's really weird to see. So that's it. Yeah, James is right. They can't, they really can't pass against the squad either. I think the rain is a concern in, in the sense that like, what if it just made something weird happen? You know, if you exactly. look at, if you look at this game and it's like normal weather, there's no real like kind of weird factor that yep. can kind of come into play. So it's I think, a ball slips out here. A right, guy slips trying to make fluky. a tackle. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's where the concern is. But overall, I think it might actually help the Eagles. Cause like you said there, James, the 49ers are not going to be able to run the ball against an Eagles run defense that ranks first in the NFL. Number the Eagles one. are so good at stopping the run. And if the Eagles can do that yet again, guess what? That is C.J. Beathard throwing the ball, like, what, 30, 40 times a game? And quite That's simply, good. That's yeah, a good game plan. You're not gonna <laughs> win. They're just yeah. not going to win if that happens. Like, they can't win. And the funny thing about the rain thing that everyone's worried about, it's like, the, the the 49ers just lost at home by 30 to Dallas with the backup quarterback, had to travel west to east, and then play in the rain. Who's going to want to play in that? Like, they're going to come out just <laughs> so flat. Like, they're going to be like, why are we here? Yeah. I don't feel like getting soaked. 1 p.m. too. Like, yeah, like, it's, yeah. Just, it's just like they're not going to want to play in, in rain. It's just like people are a little too concerned about it just because it's Philadelphia. You know? Yeah, it's pretty crazy that their season is pretty much already over. Well, you know? and John Ritchie made an interesting point this week, too, that just letting Navarro Bowman walk in the middle of a season, a guy who's still capable of playing and was a clear leader on that team and on that defense, just to like say, all right, we don't need you anymore. We don't want you anymore. Whether for financial reasons, whatever, get a young player playing can't time. can't really run. Right. You know? But regardless, it's still something that signal is just another signal to your team. Like, we're not in it this year, even though they I'm sure they already knew it. It's just all those types of things, at least from a player perspective, certainly take away that that want to go out and, and you know, crush people on Sundays. 888-729-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Spencer out there in Denver. Spencer, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Good. How you guys doing today? Fantastic, my friend. What's on your mind? Yeah, I just want to say longtime listener. Thanks for being on the show uh, from Denver. Came down to Philly to see the game. Uh, mostly, I want to talk about how no one's really discussing about how well this team is set up for the future. Like, Derek Barnett should have gone top 10 along with Sidney Jones. And, I mean, really, that solidifies the defense for, like, a good five years easily. Well, thank the Chicago Bears for taking Mitchell Trubisky so early. <laughs> you know, and that's well, a, honestly a big part of it. And Mahomes, too. And thanks, and thanks for the Bengals for taking John Ross and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, John. Yeah, good yeah, yeah I'm surprised that James Seltzer is not running the, the flag around I, saying, I told you, I told I you told about John you. Ross. I did tell you. I told you. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. They, you're right, Spencer. I mean, they uh, so far with the, with the main pieces, I mean, we haven't even gotten into Carson Wentz yet. But, yeah, absolutely. They're they're definitely set up for the long term here. Yeah. And then, plus, the other thing I have to admit, you guys are probably going to disagree with me on is I just graduated from CU. Man, we should have drafted Chidobi, Aluzier, or Akello. I won't disagree with you. Yeah. We had if Spencer, if you if you go back to our offseason, we actually interviewed both of those guys. And, and we're big fans. Oh, and I know, when we, I know. Yeah, and we were humongous fans of those. 
Now I love Awuzie. I'm yeah. so sad he's a Cowboy. It yeah, makes me, me too. So sad. Why does that always happen? That's that, happened two I years thought. in a row now. Like there's there's guys that we absolutely love, and then they end up on Dallas. So that's not that's not as fun. But yeah, I mean, hey, just I'm I'm telling you, Spencer, just wait for Sidney Jones to get onto the field probably next year, and you're gonna oh. you're gonna forget about that pretty quickly. Oh, I know. I hope I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> We, Thanks we appreciate listen, it, buddy. Really yeah, yeah. It. Thank you, Spencer. Uh, and that's where you know. And I wonder how much that is kind of a dent into the rest of the season. And obviously, we'll keep talking more about this matchup as well. And you know, Big V's there, and he's improved. But there are times when you just go, yeah, you know, when there's some pretty brutal pass rushers that are going to be there. And I still think he holds up okay. And the only reason why he's going to hold up okay is. Carson Wentz is a damn wizard, and he moves around, and I don't know how he makes the plays that he can. And even then, when he was piled up against Washington and he escaped for 17 yards, I still didn't think that was the most impressive thing that he did. That Corey Clement touchdown, yeah, I, agree. I keep rewatching and rewatching over and over. More. And that's really where this we, – we are going to discuss where, where can this team go without Jordan Hicks and without Jason Peters, but it's amazing that we can finally say – there's a quarterback that can overcome all those things. And that's what we, we've talked about for so long. Anyone who listens to the podcast, BG, at BGN underscore radio, we have talked forever. And, and I always like to talk about Andrew Luck, obviously, this year. You know, Hurt not out there, but Luck for so long has made trash around him serviceable. And we always talk about guys who make everyone around them better. It's it's so exciting to have a quarterback who does that. You can see it. It's like you said. So that's why I do think that you know, obviously losing a guy like Jason Peters is 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 a crippling injury. Like, after, you know, one of the top five guys on the team you don't want to lose in terms of leadership, in terms of the fact still playing at an unbelievable level at his age. But I do think that Carson Wentz and having the ability to, you know, have a guy like that who really can, especially in those types of ways, get away from pressure, make things happen, really will make it less of an impact. A little bit more, too, I do think that, you know, the kind of whole, like, left tackle blindside thing, it's not a thing anymore. You know no. what I mean? Like having an, a, a, a stud right tackle and thank you, Doug Peterson and Frank Reich, if you were actually involved in anything and whoever <laughs> else is there, thank you for leaving Lane on the right side and putting Vitae on the left because you're you're making, you would be making yourself weaker at multiple positions that way. Leave Lane and Brandon on that side together. They are great together. It's a strong right side of the line. You'll be able to help on the left side, help Vitae out. I it's a crippling injury, but I do think that because of Wentz and because of the rest of the line being so solid and Vitae being all right when we've seen him, at least serviceable, I think they'll be able to scheme and play around that. Yeah, I don't think uh, Jason Peters going down is necessarily the end of the season. It's a huge loss for this team, no doubt, not only just from on the field, but just the leadership and yeah. the, what that guy brings and means to this team in the locker room. But, uh, you know, you look at Big V here. They scored 17 points once he came into the game. Like, it's not like the offense totally just shut down and right. they couldn't do anything and it was a total disaster. Uh, I think, again, like you guys are saying, he has the chance to be serviceable here. There was a good breakdown on BleedingGreenNation.com this week about how Big V and pass protection actually held up pretty well. Uh, I think the concern with him is his run blocking. Yeah, don't run to his side. <laughs> not, not as pretty, yeah. Yeah. which is a concern. But I think overall, uh, I, I think the Jason Peters injury, um, I'm not going to say... It hurts less than the Jordan Hicks injury, but yeah. I'm going to say that, you know, I think they, they can weather the storm here. Yeah, I think they can too. And there's been a lot of talk. And listen, the trade deadline has been coming up. Uh, if you go right now, our Friday conversation show, which is something brand new that we just uh, launched this week at BGN underscore radio with uh, Sacramento Bees 
Matt Barrows, uh, who talked about, and I, I've talked about certainly, about the possibility of Joe Staley being here instead of San Francisco. I don't think that there's anybody on the team, veteran-wise, that they're, they're going to hang up the phone uh, if they're asked about. I think Joe Staley you know, falls into that category. The difference between Joe Staley and Navarro Bowman, for example, is that they had somebody in waiting in, uh, in Reuben Foster who was being groomed for that spot that Bowman was playing. As is the case with the Eagles and around the league, there, there are very few good young left tackles out there. So there's nobody ready to step into that spot for the 49ers, which you know w- would be the reason not to trade him and that's kind of the that well, that last part is what perked my ears up because well there's no really there's no one there to replace joe staley and you're probably going to have a different quarterback where that's cousins or through the draft and you want somebody that's done it before rather than just some random mm-hmm. rookie that's going in there so if you're going to pick up the phone and go hey san francisco 49ers your season's over we were we would really like joe staley they're going to go sweet we're going to need a second round pick for that yeah. and that's that's because you can't not. really really give give anything to them uh, really lower lower in that. I don't think they would be ready to you know just release him and let him go. No, I think so too. I mean, maybe a third or something like that. Either way, I think the cost is going to be too high, especially for for what kind of like I, I don't think Staley and Staley's a good player, but he's been around for a long time. He's kind of on the uh, not kind of he's on the back end of his career yeah. as well. I don't think he's going to represent a a enormous upgrade over Vitai at least you know especially with Vitai knowing the scheme continuity, all that type of stuff. Look, if they can get Joe Staley for a late round draft pick, sure, I'd be fine with it. I think, you know, you get a veteran guy who knows what he's doing, but I don't know how you feel, BLG, but at least for me, I think that that type of cost, uh, I'm much happier. Even though you're competing this year, I'm much happier rolling with Vitae. I think the Eagles like Big V. You know, me I think too. they like him enough to at least give him a chance here, maybe see how he does against the 49ers. If he's an absolute disaster, then maybe they have to do something there before the trade deadline is over this Tuesday. So I think the thing to consider when talking about this team and making a trade is money is an issue for this team. Like they're limited on cap space Uh, this year. I think they only have about five or six right now. And that's significant, not because they need to use it this season, but because they can roll that money over next season when already they're projected to have the third fewest amount of cap space in the league next year. And you have a ton of free agents. You have, I don't know what the number is now. It was 18 earlier this offseason. There's been some cuts and things. But it's around, I would say, 15 or so. And uh, Alshon, Jeffrey, Tim Jernigan, Nigel Bradham, uh, even a, a smaller guy but like depth player like Trey Burton. Like You're going to have to make a decision on a lot of these guys. Patrick Robinson, who's been playing really well in the slot. So that's, that's a, a factor when you're considering about trading for a guy like Joe Staley or even a guy like Cordy Glenn who has a big contract still that's more money you're not going to be able to use on some of those other guys. So I think it makes it tricky for this team. And honestly, I think it kind of just forces them to almost not really make a deal. Yeah, and and adding to that, I do think that, I mean, we saw it last year. Big V got better and better as he played. I think that they believe with the reps, with continuity with that line, that he will continue to improve. He's still in his second season. He's gotten a lot of reps. Mm -hmm. And, And what BLG said before, look, there are no real silver linings with these two injuries. These injuries suck. There's no real upside but if you have to look for something positive, they're not happening in week 16, week 17. They're not happening at a time where you can't get guys in and get them real reps over the course of the season to help them get better for what should be a playoff run. And, you know, the Eagles uh, signed Taylor Hart for depth. Dylan uh, Gordon was a little miffed about it. We'll talk more about that. <laughs> Plus, take your phone calls as well. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 
San Francisco is the only city where you can make 400 grand a year and only afford to live in a box under a bridge. Righteous box. Hear the Eagles 49ers game here Sunday at 1 on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh! H! You're gonna have. I can't get down. You with are this. going to have to face. I cannot get down with this. You're gonna have to face. I hate Penn State. a good offense at some this. point. You're gonna have to face a good offense oh, at God. some point, and it's gonna be a barn burner can, today, here's baby. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. I am not. I, my wife went to Penn State, and I still hate Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how could you root for the Ohio State? I'm not. Oh, we're listen. The we're are you so not? Excuse great. me. Excuse me. Are you not rooting for Washington to beat Dallas this weekend? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's all I need to I know. I don't hate Penn State Bang. as much. I hate Dallas. You hate Penn State as much as you hate Dallas. Oh yes, I do. Oh, I don't. Absolutely. Uh, close. Like one A, one B for me. Dallas and, I, sucks. and like no, don't trust me. Ohio State's right there. Ohio State is is Washington for me. You know, if we're making comparisons, I there. don't know. Now it's going to be a fun battle. I can't believe this is actually not at seven o'clock. I don't know why they made it three thirty because it's I the thought eight, it was the, at the, seven. It's at three thirty. Three thirty. Yeah, Get the hell out of here. So uh, we'll be getting into that a little bit. Uh, teaser, teaser in our NFL picks Ooh. that aren't all NFL picks today with Sean Brace. So uh, football picks. That's right. The NFC least coming up at one forty. Plus your phone calls. We'll get into in just one second. I can't believe that Taylor Hart is on this football team again. That 2014 draft class coming back around, baby. There we go. Bo Allen and him. That's it. Is that interesting? Jaylen? Interesting. Oh, Jalen. That's right. So, so, uh, uh, someone said something interesting to me this week. Is Taylor Hart the number one player that makes you think of Chip Kelly? Yes. He's pretty high Without on the list, right? Marcus Mariota makes you think of Chip sure. still, even though he wasn't here. Uh, I, I would say J-Matt still makes me Kiko think of Alonso Chip. Kiko Alonso does. Kiko's a good one. But there are a few of those guys that you're just like, that's a Chip guy. And Taylor <laughs> Hart is a Chip guy. Without about it. Yep. Without about it. Without, wow. without, about, it. without, without about, about it. Without about it. Without about it. We're sticking with it. <laughs> how, how mad is Dylan Gordon, though? Like, I saw him on Twitter a little bit, and he was just kind of making some some sour emoji faces and just saying, okay. Like, didn't they love Dylan Gordon? Wasn't he the guy that was supposed to replace Jason Peters, the guy that they were grooming? And then all of a sudden, it just kind of, he fell off the map right at the end. It's weird. Didn't have a good preseason at yeah. all. Really bad, especially in that Jets game, the final game. Like, going up against backups, he was getting abused pretty badly. And uh, Dylan Gordon's been like that on Twitter, so he's listening. He's probably blocked me by now. Um, I think the <laughs> thing with, with Taylor Hart he's is... He's got he like huh? Yeah. Uh, Taylor Hart wasn't practice squad eligible because he's been in the NFL forever. I think if he was, he would have been on the practice squad over Dylan Gordon. It's just that he's not eligible, so like you can't, you can't keep... You just have to cut him, and then he's sitting out there. I think that's why they brought him back, and that's that's the reality of it. If he could be on the practice squad, Taylor Hart... Would be, and he would have been ahead of Dylan. Dylan Gordon might be the one yeah. cut right now. And I think you look at how Taylor Hart played at tackle in the preseason. Pretty good, not bad. You know, <laughs> Certainly better than Dylan props, Gordon. Props to him, man. I mean, like it's honestly, not, yeah, it's not it's crazy. It, too. It's tough to switch from D line to line. And That's to no stick joke. Around. That's what I mean. That's yeah. no joke. It's not crazy to think that that would happen too, because he was actually a pretty good athlete. It wasn't the, like that was never the problem. I couldn't play defensive tackle. It's just it wasn't very good. Yeah, the frog stance but, not exactly great yeah, for but playing he had tackle. Athleticism there. Yeah. So, and you look at some of these defensive actually former 
Eagles defensive linemen, particularly, who have been converted oh, into offensive linemen. Oh, yeah. Uh, Villanueva. And, and, and he's Steelers. terrific. Brian, he's, uh, a, he, he's a great left tackle in Pittsburgh. Him. There's Brian Mihalik in Detroit, mm-hmm. who was a seventh-round pick by right Chip. Yep. And yeah. he's playing left tackle for them now. I mean, so. you see it not just with that, with just athletes. I mean, like, uh, and and... Who, George Fant, who was, you know, see, I was left tackle till he got hurt, who somehow they actually miss a guy who started playing football like three years yeah, ago. That's crazy. He was a basketball player, turned into a left tackle. I think you're seeing that a lot more with more athleticism at that position. Uh, 888-729-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Nick. Nick, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, sure I can. can. Cool, cool. Real quick. So I have an overall point that I just want to make a quick point about Alshon on Jeffrey. Sure. Uh, and by the way, a chip guy that I think of, I know we didn't draft him, but it's, it's definitely Clay Matt or uh, Casey Matthews. He's, a, <laughs> he's uh, one of my chip guys. Um, but one thing, I'm a huge Greg Cosell fan. I know you guys are as well. I listen to maybe three or four podcasts that he does every week. And I specifically did not listen to them this week because I wanted to make this call first. So this idea kind of stayed organically mine. But one of his games as the OC as the, uh, of the Falcons last year was against the Broncos. And Talking about Shanahan, right? Yeah, yeah, Shanahan, my bad. Uh, one thing that Cosell pointed out is that, especially in that game, one thing he would do to beat teams last year would be to use fullbacks and tight ends to keep teams in their base defenses. And uh, with a player like you, Shaq, you know, we can laugh about the contract and whatever as much as we want, but the guy is a heck of an athlete. And I feel like if they can kind of keep Najee good on the field and Joe Walker, depending on what his role will be, um, I think that's definitely something we have, they have, we have to kind of watch out for. And, you know, Hyde's obviously a, a great player too. Um, so I think if there's any game where Michael Kendrick is like, hey, man, this is why we didn't trade you, it's definitely this game. And then uh, just my last point about Alshon Jeffrey, I'm sure you guys follow him on social media and stuff. But for a guy that plays the diva position and is pretty much banking on putting up numbers to literally like make money. Yeah. Yeah. It's really unreal how mature and all about the team that guy is. And I think that it's just been so huge for, for Nelson and just the offense in general. And, you know, I don't want to pay him big money if he's not going to be a big stat producing guy, but he just seems like such a great dude, and I would really hate to lose him to free agency. Absolutely, Nick. That's a fantastic Terrific call. Terrific call, and, man. Very, I, I mean, yeah. I, know, I know that that's been a large topic of discussion uh, this year, and especially where people are saying, look, look man, when's the Alshon Jeffrey stats going to come yeah. in? You know, it's like, come on, we're expecting all these Supposed to be a number things, one receiver. But you're pointing at uh, two guys right now. Yep. Nelson Aguilar, five touchdowns. Yep. Zach Ertz, five touchdowns. Yep. You know the last time that happened with the Eagles? That there's a pair of guys with five touchdowns this this far along a season. Nineteen fifty. Yep. That's where Alshon Jeffrey That's is. Exactly right. That's right where he is, and you can look at that and go, "Damn!" Now I'm going to be a tiny bit cynical and say, "Listen, they're winning, and they're still giving him targets, and the numbers aren't there, and he's trying to make money. Whether he's playing good soldier or not, I think it's fantastic for that locker room. I do really think it is genuine based on his social media and his interviews. He's not really a guy that's going to go down in there in the locker room and open up a a ton. He's just going to pretty much tell it like it is, move on to the next thing. I think he's done a phenomenal job being a great teammate this year. I think Nick was dead on with that. A hundred, a great point by Nick. And and it's something that we haven't, I I think we haven't given him enough credit for because you do hear that a lot. I mean, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? How many times do we hear that? And we have not heard Alshon come out once and be like, I want the ball. Get me the ball. I need my numbers. And granted, like you said, I think winning kind of masks a lot of that because everyone's happy. It's all positive. But um, I, you know, he does, it's a great point. He plays a diva position. We haven't seen any of that. And like you said, John, I think 
while you want to see him win some of those battles. You want to see him put up some, turn some of those close targets into big plays. I, he, the the effect that he has had on the offense's ability to work the middle of the field to get guys like Aguilar and guys like Ertz open consistently has been massive, and it's something that's not going to show up in the stats and something that you can't take away from Alshon. Uh, I, I think he's played much better than than the numbers would suggest, Brandon. Going back to Nick's point about Kyle Shanahan real quick, remember when the Eagles played the Falcons last year? Sure do. Yep. Remember when the Falcons had their worst offensive game of the season last sure year? Do. Sure do. Yeah, it was against the Eagles and Jim Schwartz, so I think that's And who is the only guy game. that gave up the touchdown? Uh, Your boy. Leotis. Leotis McKelvin. I, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry. That, that, I, all I, I remember about that game was Ryan Matthews. No, I remember great Ryan Matthews he, game running the ball, oh, right. time of possession, baby. But I remember him in the locker room the the moment after that happened, and they asked him what about that, and he just started <laughs> cursing up a storm. He's just like, "Who we?" Oh, yeah. He that sounded like Boomhauer from. That was a great. <laughs> you know I do remember who had the game ceiling pick in that that's, game. Well, that's where I was it going was next. Leo, was <laughs> that's right, yeah. and they did a yeah, they did a great job of of maneuvering that and shutting that down. And although, it's, a, it's an interesting point, though, it's yeah, just absolutely. because they did have Jordan X then, and it is an interesting point. At least the theory of. If you are going up against this Eagles defense right now, you probably do want to try and get them in that base defense as much as possible. 888-729-9494. Let's go to David in uh, North Philly there. David, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, what's up, fellas? Nothing much, man. All right, we keep talking about the losses of Hicks and Peters, and there are big losses, but I look at the other side of the coin. Carson Wentz has only played, I think, 23 games. All right. And he's getting better after every game. So he has nine more games. His 10th game will be a playoff game. If you look at the offense, it's all about him. He, if he keeps progressing, I don't look at him as Aaron Rod- as um, Andrew Luck. I look at him as Aaron Rodgers. He's the guy that can put you over the top and get you to the big game and win it. Andrew Luck is, has a great skill set, but I, I'm tired of looking. I don't want to look at Tom Brady. He's too good. And I don't want to look at guys that have skill sets that haven't accomplished it. Aaron Rodgers is right there where I want him to be at. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks think, in the history of the sport. I think sport. he's better than Tom Brady yeah, in terms I mean, of talent. Certainly in our, I mean, like, I get what you're saying, David. <laughs> yeah. And I and I do think that, that Wentz has that kind of upside where, where he is the kind of guy who does make Rodgers-esque type plays and kind of things out of nothing and also, uh, you know, really can make everyone around him better. But... I mean, I think I think right now if we can get him to be a healthy Andrew Luck, I think that's the first step before you yeah. go on to. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great quarterback. Yeah, I mean, don't get it. I mean, like I'm, top I'm using five-ish I'm great quarterback. But the thing is, with Jeffrey and Torrey Smith, I, this is why I think he can be so much better. If you look at Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. There's been passes that he put on the money that they dropped. Now maybe Matt Collins comes in and. He takes over the Tory Smith role a little bit more, but if they take their game up one more level, Carson's going to go up two more levels. Because oh, I don't yeah. think Zach Ertz isn't going to fall off. At this point, I'm ready to concede. I thought he was borderline L.J. Smith. He's much beyond that. Yeah, he's much better. <laughs> yeah, much so, beyond David. And we appreciate the phone call, buddy. And I, I understand where you're going with there. Uh, yeah, and I just you know Carson was at fault in the beginning with those two guys as well, and they got listen the Kansas City game when Torrey's dropping a touchdown and all that th- that's there too, and then he finally you know got it into gear to the Cardinals Panthers he hits, and then he started just opening up uh, you know everything. I mean that chemistry matters too. Like we talk about it all the time, he hasn't played with these guys all like that long. You know, the know players it, he's played with longest happen to be doing the best. Yeah, that's right. It's true. It's a great point, Aguilar Nertz. So I think you just give it a little more time. 
uh, and towards the end of the year, we probably won't be talking about that as much. I'm sure that Torrey Smith is going to haul a couple more touchdowns in. I know that Alshon Jeffrey is overdue with a lot of that. And honestly, towards the goal line, it's the same reason why Zach Ertz keeps getting open. Like, that's why you have DJ Swearinger looking like an idiot as, as Zach Ertz just does a little cha-cha and runs into the end zone. You can't have Swearinger against Alshon Jeffrey because he's getting taken care of on the other side, especially down at the goal line. It literally does open up everything. And man, oh man, if this is this is the tip of the iceberg for Carson Wentz and these wide receivers, I can't wait to see what actually happens down the road because at some point somebody's going to say, we can't, which is also a crazy thing to say, we can't let Nelson Aguilar beat us. <laughs> We can't let Zach Ertz beat us. We're going yeah. to take our chances on the outside and they just say, should. go with it. I mean, Zach Ertz has been one of the best receivers in the sport so far this season. It's unreal. 888-729-9494. More phone calls coming your way. NFC at least is next right here on BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Boss looking over your shoulder. Okay. Text us on the Stakem text line at 888-729-9494. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94. WIP. Ah, uh, yes. Hey, uh, what, what was it last night? Was it Meek Mill and uh, Rick Ross? Rick Ross down there. Travis Scott. It was a big ah. bill. And uh, what's your face? Got, uh, got yeah, engaged, I like Travis Scott. Got engaged on stage. Party B. Party B. Been pretty wait, nice. Been waiting for that party B engagement to happen. So, excited about that. <laughs> no, I could tell. Uh, James's Tumblr just constant <laughs> updates with what's going on. Tumblr. That's How right. Tumblr reference. Uh, and speaking of updates, it's time for the NFC least. The follies, the screwballs, and the screw ups. It's BGN Radio's NFC least on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. That's right. Like to go around the division. We got a big division matchup coming up this week. Johnny, mm-hmm. why don't we start off with one of those two teams? Let's go with the one that I hate more than I hate Penn State. What's going on down in Dallas? Jerry, how much are you actually paying somebody right now to keep Zeke on the field? That's what I want to know. Because they're coming for you, baby. It's there's no end in sight. The NFL wants to slap old Zeke in the ass and sit him on down. And guess what? If you would have done it sooner than later, he might have actually been around for the times that you need him. But instead, you're an arrogant, egotistical bitch. And guess what's going to happen? <laughs> He's going to be suspended week 14 when you need him the most. You're never going to see him for the rest of the season. And then, and then, we will see who the true Dak Prescott is. Yeah, I think as long as Jerry has some glory, he'll, he'll be fine. All right, Johnny, what about who they're facing up against? up for a game in D.C. What's going on with the Washington Racist this week? You are the absolute worst franchise and you don't know it. Death is creeping at your door and people actually think that you're a good football team, that you have a chance in this division, that you're going to be set up for the long term. Your quarterback does not want to be there. You have players. You have Mason Foster favoriting tweets saying if Bruce Allen's a bitch, fave this and he did and then this morning he gets up and says he just blasts the entire organization you have Pierre Garçon laughing in your face they all know it's coming you dumb dumb bleep words I can't believe that nobody respects Washington for the terrible team that they are speaking of bleep what's going on up in New York with the Giants Johnny Jerry Reese buddy pal 
time to put the old shoe in the mouth again. <laughs> you are you. Not only did you have the worst press conference ever when you got rid of Tom Coughlin, you just completely sidestepped all responsibility for the makeup of the football team. You actually said that the offensive line isn't that bad. The thing that you put together, then you blamed it on the coach, which rightfully so. But still, <laughs> you don't do that in public. You just don't. The Giants have been a dumpster fire. They will continue to be. And they are way behind the rest of the division. Yeah, well, it's not like Tom Coughlin is having success down in Jet. Oh. Oh, whoops. Oh, yeah. Do you mean Saxonville? <laughs> Johnny, we can't do this without looking inside. Looking yeah. at ourselves. What's going on here in Philly? Listen, Eagles fans. Listen, Eagles folks. Like, can we just have some fun? <laughs> is it okay to have some fun? You guys were all getting on top of everybody. It's like, why are we celebrating Carson Wentz? Why do we feel like we have to? You're doing it too fast. We can't celebrate Joel Embiid. <laughs> we can't celebrate Carson Wentz and everybody being wrong about it. Shut up. Enjoy it. The Super Bowl's not coming anytime soon. Enjoy the wins while you can. Draft through it. It was wrong. They should be wrong. And you should shove it in their face. That's it. It's just enjoy the moment. It's okay to. And guess what? You know, you're going to be wrong at some point, too. Laugh at your own takes. That's it. John, stop saying Super Bowl. What are you doing? You're jinxing Super Bowl, Super everything. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. <laughs> Nobody died. We're good. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah. That's it. It so, worked out. Let's go to Quinn in Reading and see what he's up to. Quinn, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? Doing good, good Quinn. Good to hear from you guys. Uh, yeah, so I love that take. We need to enjoy this, guys. Like, we are allowed to enjoy Eagles being good. Absolutely. I know it's tough. but we it's, it's, Yeah, right? It's hard. It seems much harder than it should be. I, exactly, but yeah, I don't. I don't want to downplay the injuries, but I really do think our depth will will be fine. And honestly, we have Carson Wentz. Like that guy, it doesn't matter what's going on. We, I'm sitting there watching the game, and I'm like, oh my god, like this is the Eagles game to lose. And I'm like, wait, no, we have Carson Wentz. He can do anything. Yeah, you're exactly right, Quinn. And and I, it's silly to say it, but it's like you almost feel like no matter what happens, as long as this team has Carson Wentz, they have a shot. Every week. And that, I think, to David's point before, I think that's probably the most Aaron <laughs> Rodgers-esque thing that we could say about Carson Wentz is that no matter who you're playing, no matter what's going on around, you feel like you have a chance because that guy's your quarterback. I know. I love it. It's so fun. Let's enjoy it, guys. Quinn, I got one question for you. Go ahead. Are you ready to go down this week? Uh, are you, <laughs> sir? I'm rolling Carson Wentz, baby. Yeah! Oh, I love it. See, uh, My Qu first pick. I love it. That's right. Yeah, we'll go through the matchups on Twitter. You can find us there at uh, John Barton, of course, at uh, BGN underscore radio. Good luck to you, Quinn, and thanks for tuning in. It's draft.com, which is the, the, the best fantasy app that's out there right now. But hands down. Just use uh, the promo code BGNR. Go to draft.com. You can do head-to-head -head matchups just like me and Quinn are doing. They got, you know, they did three. You can go uh, three teamers. You can go up to like a, a thousand people. It's all over the place. And the best part about it is you get to draft every week instead well, of worrying about salary caps. Well, that, that that's the beauty, John, right? Like, it's like, that's, I say this every time, but that's why I'm in like three too many fantasy leagues because someone says, hey, you want to be in my league? And I'm like, ooh, a draft. That sounds fun. And then I actually <laughs> have to play the whole season out. This is the best idea. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm mad I didn't think of it because yeah. it's such a great idea. Uh, drafts are the best part of fantasy. Why not get to do that every week? Draft.com, promo code BGNR. When we come back, we will break more of this game down. 
Plus, get to your phone calls. 888-729-9494. It is BGN Radio. Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We've been an hour into the show, and I have yet to uh, laugh at the Cleveland Browns. So, uh... Uh, that was nice. Yeah, it but, was and, really nice. Listen, and really, it's not. That was really, really nice. I feel terrible for their fan base. I really do. I, I know do that. Too, yeah. they, listen, I know they have LeBron. I know that the the Indians are doing well, and they are still trying to get over that hump. And I'm not going to make fun of those people. No, because they've been around for a long time. Listen, I'm just going to. If you can hear this at some point, Cleveland, come on board. Yeah, come on over. We'll, we'll accept you. you. Listen, you don't have to accept that anymore. No, you don't I have can't to accept the Hugh Canoe. You don't have to accept. You know Kessler and Kaiser and the 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 running joke of the quarterback list that is on one jersey that continues to happen day in and day out, which they will never fix. And it's crazy to me that like this happens, and we this is a, the Cleveland Browns are a prime example of you now. You have to remember this. I know it's almost November, but you got to remember this until April. More draft picks does not mean good things. More draft picks and trading down and doing all this on missed opportunities no. for better players in better talent pools, you end up like this. This is what happens. And granted, listen, I thought the the most amusing thing from this past week is I think it was somebody from Football Outsiders, right, that was trying to justify, and people still trying to justify, the Browns move to trade down, and they said, look at all these players. Starters. And you, and you look at all these starters who are – not good. What Wentz gave. What? Went, yeah, so you're just like, you know, I would probably, I understand where the Browns at are at this point. I don't. I don't at all. And and the and the crazy idea that most Cleveland Browns fans that I talk to, and it's kind of split halfway down the middle. I'm surprised you know Cleveland Browns fans, but keep going. Listen, I've been listening in on, <laughs> there's been some glorious rants on YouTube, and you're, you're just following along, and there are some that are still clinging on to, well, Carson Wentz would have been bad here. That is not true. Nope. Sorry. Like, when you have a, a guy like that that can show you that he's a franchise-capable quarterback a year and a half in, he's not going to make your team worse. He's you're, No one no one there would truly ruin Carson Wentz, right? Well, look, uh, is Andrew Luck, granted he is hurt now, but Andrew Luck, uh, is the Indianapolis Colts roster the last few years outside of Andrew Luck when he's been playing? Significantly better than that Browns roster. Only reason why they made the play. Exactly, and it not just to to kind of the hammer home the the poor poor Browns fans. It hasn't just been recently. Obviously, they have not made the playoffs since they moved back, since they came back from you know non-existence, since they were you know in in the night moved to Baltimore, whatever yeah. it was. Uh, I mean, the last time they made the playoffs was Bill Belichick. In 1995. Well, like, don't bring that up. Well, Good Lord. But, but how crazy is that? But <laughs> They've that, already been but, through enough. It's kind of funny because I can't help but think of Belichick when you're talking about the trading back and the more picks and all that. Yeah, you can do that if you know what you're doing. Like, that's the bigger problem, whether it's trading back. It's not one thing or the other. It's not taking this guy high or trading back for more picks. It's making good picks with the picks that you have. That's the key to everything. Well, I was told Sean Kaiser just needs to figure it out. That's, that's what I heard. <laughs> no heard lie. That. No lie. We heard that in the streets last night when somebody was talking about Jimmy oh, yeah, Garoppolo. Did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And I couldn't hold back. I, I was like, yeah. it was going to take about four years yeah. for him to figure it out. I was, yes, random. The, the amazing thing about the, how the Browns valued or didn't value Carson Wentz is John D. Podesta literally comes out and says, Paul. sorry. Same thing. No, it doesn't. It doesn't have. His, it doesn't matter what John. your name They're is. So We're bad. Him John. They're so bad. Doesn't have the the right to have his name correct. correct. Just just like Mitch Trubisky. Exactly. So they where were you now? Where did where were John D. Podesta okay. was yeah, saying. So he said he was not a top twenty quarterback. It wasn't even that. Like okay, he's not a top five quarterback. He's not that elite guy. But you know, maybe he's just a good guy. No, they thought he was bad. They thought he was a bad player, and they thought. And part of that was because he, he uh, it wasn't Hugh Jackson. It was uh, the offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton, took a, a bottle of water and squirted it onto Carson Wentz's hand at his pro day, and he like he didn't do good with it or something. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, we can't draft that kid now. And it's kind of the combination of that and uh, Hugh Jackson being just a terrible decision maker. So yep. I mean, that falls on that group too. And sticking with that, like I would have been like at this point, sorry, Hugh, you got to go. Yeah, I mean that's it. This well, is we're, we're moving in a different direction. Here's There's the no thing. point in doing this and anymore. And here's the thing: I think that part of the the reason they've had all these issues is the fact that they have not had patience with any of these types of things. They keep changing GMs, keep changing coaches. You're never going to win without some semblance of stability, but you have to hire the right people yeah. for those positions. Same thing that, too. Yeah, it's a real self fulfilling type of thing. I, I do think I'm with you. I think Q is not done enough. I think that. I don't think you can change front offices over yet, even though because this is the type of thing. If you're going to implement this this type of structure, it is the type of thing that's going to take time. It's not something we can come in and be like, "This works immediately." Whatever. It's a it's numbers. It's analytics. You need sample yeah. sizes. You need all that type of stuff. So um, I, I'm with you, though. I mean, man, Hugh, I, I was wrong. I'll say I was wrong. I thought Hugh Jackson was going to be a good. No, yeah, well, so did I. Well, this whole class too. And Gase, forty to nothing. What's up now? Where's the coaching ability there? Still 17 and 5 right. in his last, uh, whatever, I'm done. I'm Let's done. go to our good friend and uh, Patreon subscriber as well, at NotMyRealEmails on the Twitter.com. We know him best as John from Portland. John, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man, I just, first off, I cannot believe this team is where it is. Right? <laughs> Crazy. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think, because I was trying to go back and look at the successful Eagles teams, you know, that Super Bowl team was incredibly balanced. You know, you had kind of no big weaknesses on the team. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, why they just had a, such a good record every year and had that sustained success. Yeah, and the, on, on, both, on both sides, too, where it's just, you know, you, could, you knew you could rely on the corners and their front four and, you know, one of the greatest uh, to ever put on the uniform in Dawkins. Yeah, and, and the offensive line with, the, you know, Runyon yeah. and, and Trey. Like, there was just consistency there. The corners, all that, yeah. Yeah, but gun to my head, I like this team more. Cra- well, you know what it is? higher. John, you know what it is? They're more likable, And approachable. You know, yeah. and not that the other the other squad wasn't. I mean, they're you know, it's Dawkins Donovan, is one of them. Yeah, we had the T.O. thing was there. going. Was yeah, absolutely, so fun. It was but... a lot of fun, but never felt like wow, I can really identify with yeah. these guys. Yeah, I, I know, I agree with you, John. It's a it's a really likable team. And and I think you know when you look across the board, I really feel like the ceiling now is so much higher because of where Wentz is so early on. Because of how the front office is handling off seasons and drafts, you know, I, I don't think this is the best team Carson's going to be on. Which is crazy to think about. 
You know, it's a, it's a great point, John, because we're, we're talking about we at some point I know, and this is no disrespect to Tory Smith, but we're going to be like, man, Carson was doing this with Tory Smith and this guy and this guy, and now we have future Hall of Famer Matt Collins and Alshon Jeffrey <laughs> and Zach Ertz and all these different components and this running future running back that's going to be behind there. That's just like, wow, what a complete team! They haven't found their their Brian Westbrook guy yet to to kind of take them forward, and it's another great year to kind of dive in and do that in the draft class. And listen, yeah, and and there's still turnover to be made, too. There's guys that are going to get older. You're going to have to find another Malcolm Jenkins. You're going to have to find, you know, eventually, we're already in the midst of it, unfortunately, this week, you're going to have to find the next Jason Peters, and I don't know what Jordan Hicks's future is like, but yeah, there's still a lot of components that need to be figured out for the next season. Yeah, but I, I think also the bigger point to that is, is not only that, that it won't be the best team that Carson Wentz is on because of the players around him, It won't be the best team that Carson Wentz is on because Carson Wentz is getting better every week. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're 23 games into this kid's career. We talk about it a lot all all week on the podcast at at BGN underscore radio. The idea that we talked a ton of the biggest, most important thing heading into this season was Carson Wentz year one to year two. Will we see that leap? How big a leap will he take? All that type of stuff. You obviously can't be anything but blown away by the leap that he has taken, but what I keep kind of harping on is the, is the leap from game one to, to, you know, this week. You know, this season, that each week we're seeing progression. He's a better quarterback than he was in week one. In week two, he's Absolutely. significantly better, and he's learning. And, and we talked about it a lot uh, kind of before the show, talking about those kind of, you know, the ineffable type of stuff with the quarterback, the poise, the intelligence, all the things that happen above the shoulder, the leadership ability. And, and that's the kind of stuff that you can't quantify in the same way, but it seems, it seems like Carson Wentz has it in spades. And talking to people around the team who are affiliated with the team, um, back when Carson Wentz was a rookie last year, I was kind of trying to get the feel of, you know, obviously they're high on him. They traded up for him. He's the number two overall pick. But what did they realistically think his ceiling could be? And even outside people talking, just outside NFL evaluators, talking to them and trying to figure out, you know, how good can Carson Wentz actually be? And they said the the best quarterback in the NFL. They said, I think uh, he could be the MVP. You look at Dave Spadaro, who wrote a column for BGN earlier this offseason, and he said, uh, like, right now, he thinks, and this was in the offseason, that Wentz is better than McNabb was. So for all of that to, to be there, it's not like, this isn't Nick Foles. Like, that's something I want to stress. You know, there's some people out there who might make that connection about, like, you know, uh, <laughs> who, who think it's a fluke. <laughs> It's not because this is a guy who people actually saw legitimately as having this kind of skill and having this kind of talent. And it goes back to what we saw in the offseason. When you look at that, I come back to that ESPN piece where they had NFL insider people just raving about Carson Wentz. Daniel Jeremiah tweeted the same thing. He said, you know, there's people who watch Carson Wentz and are down on him. But, like, guys, look, NFL people, NFL evaluators, they're really high on this guy. They think he can be awesome. So it's not just like this is some kind of fluke coming out of nowhere. No, people saw this happening. And to your point, I'll give you two Grudens. One, we talked about it last week, but what Jay Gruden said about a quarterback in his own division, though, I don't know how he got here, progressing faster than anyone I've ever seen. And then we had his brother, John Gruden, on the Midday Show this week. John Gruden uh, uh, asked a question about kind of where he is compared to the quarterbacks he's worked with and all that stuff. He said he is further along than Brett Favre was at this point in his career. He's like, I was there for Favre when he came to Green Bay. Carson Wentz is further along right now than Brett Favre was at that point. And it's pretty crazy, too, because there are also, I've been reading a couple of articles just from national guys, NFL.com guys, 
and I and I apologize because I can't remember who said it or who wrote it, but they're like, listen, the Brett Favre comparisons are absolutely lazy because he's better than that. Yep. Because he's it's not the even rich man's it's, Brett Favre. It's, yeah. it's the rich man's For real though. He goes yeah. I, and it's some something along the line of Brett Favre was sticking chaw in his mouth by this point in his career, and they're not even close to the same. Mentally, physically, makeup-wise, Carson Wentz isn't that. You know how we always just kind of pictured him as like the gunslinger yeah. type, and he's going to try and make plays and do that. He's not doing that. He's he's, he's learning. He's getting smarter yeah. by the moment. And honestly, if you're at the point now, and this was my whole argument with Doug Peterson, because I still think he's listen. He schemes well enough for Carson Wentz to be great. And if Carson Wentz ends up being the coach on the field type. Holy crap, is this going to take off real fast? That was another thing. I'm happy you brought that up because Gruden said he's further along, but Gruden went kind of forced to kind of compare, and he wouldn't compare him to a quarterback because, you know, he's not like anybody. But the quarterback who he kind of, like, was reminiscent of in his mind was Peyton Manning and the mm-hmm. stuff that he does at the line and kind of that type of stuff. I think that's a really interesting kind of – because I think you're right, John. I don't – I think that Brett Favre – he's a, not a gunslinger. He's just got – he's just willing to make any throw or attempt any throw. He's just yeah. got confidence in that way. I think, it, you know, the the other stuff, the heady stuff, the controlling the game, coaching the game on the field is really the stuff that, that could set him apart. And, look, we can't get ahead of ourselves, but, <laughs> I mean, if yeah. this team has a Hall of Famer, that's never happened before in Philadelphia. This team has a quarter, an, an NFL Hall of Famer at the quarterback position. What is that going to feel like? I don't know how to handle that. Got to ask people who watched, uh, you know, the the. What's I'm saying? Set, like, if you're Van looking Brock, at, we got to ask people who saw Norm Van Brocklin play in Philadelphia. Isn't that a weird feeling for anyone else? Like, it's of course. Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean we have that here? I can't. It's not. You're almost waiting for it to end. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. I'm going like, all right. This. All right. So there's a. There's tons of praise for Carson Wentz. We've made fun of draft order. We've done all this different stuff. Now where's the downfall? Yeah. You keep waiting for that. And it's like it's not happening. And I keep having to convince myself. Yo, man, this guy. This guy could be in that conversation yes. in the next couple of years. Yes. Which, by the way, Merrill Reese pointed out during training camp when we interviewed him in August. So props to him for doing that. Let's go to Terrence in North Philly. Terrence, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, what's going on, guys? Always a pleasure. What up, Thanks, Terrence? Jimmy, what's going on? Listen, I got what's a up, few baby? thoughts, and I, I just want y'all to follow me for a little bit. My last thought is a little outrageous, but if you, you know, but in, in previous years and most years, really, especially when we start well, I kind of anticipate a downfall, you know, a backslide. But this is one of them years where it's kind of hard to anticipate that. Because we're doing so well, and and we're still waiting for players to wake up. So imagine, you know, when Alshon wake up, or when Story wake up, and or, or, or some of these other players wake up. How much more? How much better will be when that happens? Because right now we're we're killing it with the players that that we that we have. So so when you get an Alshon that that wakes up. And, and, and provides more of an option in the passing game and things of that nature, we're that much more of a threat. But um, on on the flip side of things, I'm not as confident about this 49ers game as most people is because these are typically the type of games that we lose. Now, for my for my uh, my uh, irrational thought, follow <laughs> me. Would it would it be crazy? To mortgage your entire draft 
The, yes, whatever's coming. Yes. Yeah, whoever. <laughs> is it <laughs> Saquon are you talking about? All right, I'm ready. I'm ready, Terrence. Yeah, I'm ready, Terrence. You, you know what I'm about to you, yeah. you, Jimmy, you said it. It, it, it. In my mind, it wouldn't be crazy because at the end of the day, some of the holes that we need to fill, we could do it in free agency. But but uh, but a running back of that caliber, you can't just get. Yeah, Listen, uh, look, look, I know I, there's one person in this room who, who would consider it at least maybe. No. BLG wants a running back more than anyone oh, on no, the planet. But see, even though, no, yeah, I know. I yeah. think we all would. It's Listen, too much. And it's not even, it's easy to go look at what they did with, with Waters, you know? And you're just kind of like, ee. you know, we saw that with Mike Dick already and what happens with yeah, that. Yeah, we saw it with Rick Here, Williams. Yep. Here, here's the thing, gang. Uh, Saquon Barkley is without a doubt one of the most talented running backs that you've seen for a while. At any far, level ever. So, well, <laughs> let's, no, pro- 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 probably not that. Uh, all purpose wise, it's it's fantastic. And look, it, it, it changes. Like, I don't see, I don't look at Saquon Barkley and go, wow, that's Walter Payton. Wow, that's Bo Jackson. Wow, that's this guy, that's this guy. And the way that the game is shaped now, it's really hard to point out like this running back is going to be a transcendent talent, you know, because it's just, it's just not the same game anymore. And how many times does that really happen? When you look at even last year with Leonard Fournette, they bumped him up two years ago as one of the best prospects ever. Now there's nothing wrong with Leonard Fournette. I think he's a fantastic running back and he will be four years to come. There is no way in hell that you can convince me, especially with the Penn state curse and running backs, like, sorry, to ever, ever, ever go balls to the wall to go grab a running back, even if he's the first overall pick. Well, I, spe- I mean, and, and regardless, like, take that out of the equation. Just look at the situation. Brandon brought it up before, the situation this team is in. From a financial perspective, all the one-year contracts coming up, like, you need to hit on draft picks. You need yeah. to have guys coming up. Offensive line, John, I mean, I know you and I have talked about how desperately we want them to address the offensive line early in the draft this year. There are some way, way more really important. interesting prospects. Exactly. Like, I love Saquon Barkley. I get it. I'm all in on that guy. I think he's going to be a great pro, but... That you just you can't do it. You cannot mortgage your draft for that guy. All right, it's good to Steve in uh, Phoenixville. Steve, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, you know, same old thing, different day. Just got off from work. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks what's for on, calling us. Appreciate brother. it, man. What's on your mind, man? Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, that last caller saying that this team feels special. Listen, you know, I like Carson Wentz. Don't get me wrong. I love this team, but um, to say that that team back then had a lot more talent, um, and some question marks I raised as far as the receiving core. You know, that last, that team that we had back in the 2000s when we got to the championship, we, we didn't have no elite receiving core. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't even have a mediocre. Them guys was Garbino. I mean, you know, <laughs> they, were, they were garbage. Which, I mean, wait, Steve, you know what's crazy? Well, this, you see some of those Garbino wide receiver jerseys on on game day still to this day. I see day. a lot of Todd Pinkston. No, no, Todd Pinkston is a pretty popular James jersey. James Trash is hugely popular well, still. you said garbage, James Trash. That, I guess, <laughs> a nice little connection <laughs> there. Pinkston, who was it? Charles Johnson. They was yeah, garbage. Torrance but Small. Is, Come on. Yeah, Nate Brown. Reggie exactly. Brown, I can do it all day. Yeah, the minute I start comparing this team to old team is when they start getting to those championship games. Sure. That's when my compare. Because at least that team gave us hope. Every every year they was they was they gave us hope. Right now we winning and that's good. But we need hope. The playoffs. When you get to the playoffs on a consistent play basis, you're giving us hope to win a Super Bowl. Until then, we don't have nothing but a bunch of wins. 
Yeah, I well, want to get in the playoffs. I think. I, I think. Car- listen, I, I agree with you. you I know, ca- I, listen, Carson is nice. I Carson is hope. Innocent. That is the yeah. hope. I'm telling yeah. you, man. Carson I Wentz is you. the guy I who's going to keep you, you competitive I, for years I, to come. I know, but uh, my boss can't hope for me to do the job if I don't show up. Well, it's true, so, man. But well, of course, I mean. but like you know, That's what you- I'm saying, and I'm a good electrician. But I gotta show up to work, and Carson got to get us through the playoffs. No, I get, yeah, of course, well, no, but like he has to have the opportunity to. Absolutely. Listen, we'll get into that. We got uh, Sean Brace coming up in about twenty minutes. It is BGN Radio, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Text us on the Stinkum text line at eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. No nudes. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. kind of nice to look around the rest of the NFL sometimes when you're talking about guys like Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen. Even Bob McNair made a terrible statement uh, and made a, a just released like a, another awful statement uh, PR wise where it's just kind of like it, I, I won't go through the whole thing but he he tried to correct his statement on, on what he said with you know prisoners running asylum and basically just said I was hacked. You know, in real life. Basically the worst excuse you could possibly. Like, like Jeff, we were sitting here in the break, and in five minutes we came up with like 15 excuses. Yeah, like that it could have gone every which direction. And the, the he basically said, I didn't mean the players. I meant the communication between <laughs> the NFL owners and the NFL league office. And you're just like, but they run. That's the, you guys it's run absurd. the. Oh, whatever. And it's not like a how you feel issue. It's just like. like how do you be, how did you. Having, be, having an owner that has the players back is a good thing. It's a really good thing. Yeah. And I think it matters to the these guys to have like it's a very obviously charged time i think it yeah. matters to these guys to have someone who they actually believe has their back but more <laughs> importantly how did these guys become billionaires some of them yeah. are such listen, morons did, 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 listen i don't know uh, you you see that a lot there's a lot of dumb people that are it's rich. crazy to me though uh it's good to mike in newcastle mike what's going on buddy how are you hey guys how you doing good hey listen i, I just want to tell eagle fans to just wake up a little bit man i mean look I evaluate I think a good team by teams they play. You know, I know you guys will say, well, you know, they, they play the teams in front of you, mm-hmm. and that's how you get your record decided. But you know what? If, if, if you play in the New Englands, the Kansas Cities, and things like that, uh, uh, and, and you come out with a good record, I, I, I give you a good uh, you a good team. If you play in Cleveland for 16 games, well, sure. you're, you're, yeah. good, you're, not a good, you're not a good team. And I think the Eagles only play one team. Out of the team they have played so far, that actually gave them a challenge. So they got no, they got no uh, uh, parameters to, to, to parameter to see how they look. I mean, they only played one good team. That well, look, let me play. let me ask you this real quick, Mike. Because did you expect them to win in Washington Week One? No. And and we all knew that Kansas well, City well, was probably well, 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 yeah, because I mean, because they didn't they didn't have no. Defensive backs and everything like that. Well, sure. I mean, well, this this week, I think it's a they little different. Josh but there too, and th- and that was kind of the narrative heading into Washington. You know, they haven't played that many guys, and just wait till you get in here. And sure, they were banged up too. And listen, I know can- it was a loss in Kansas City, but again, like I think if you just make one move and you pull Sayamalu, and there's Wiz in there instead. Then it's probably a different ball game too, you know. So there's, I, I, and I think they still I, had a chance to tie it on the last yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, yeah, you're right. There's still some questions to be answered, and uh, but, but, it, but if Washington beats Dallas this this week, I, I don't know, man. There's not much else you can say other than the, like the division's pretty but, much theirs. But as I looked at that game last week, those cornerbacks, my my son's high school team could have played played better. <laughs> they, 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 they never even looked. To see where the ball was at, if they had turned their head, 
they might have been able to get a couple of those picks. But, man, those guys got beat so bad. And then Ashon and, and, and Mike, and what Torres, game are you watching? Are we watching the same football game? I th- that just sounded like a hater call. I mean, what is I, like? Well, I, that's no one's takeaway from yeah, that game. Yeah, I can't. At like, all. I'm shocked no one, by no that. No one like, is leaving that game that on Monday a, night and being like, "Oh, the cornerbacks are just." Awful. And even then, like we always have actually what? talked about how the cornerbacks do a oh, really good job. I thought he was talking job. about Washington's corners. No, I think he was talking about the Eagles. And oh. regardless, mm-hmm. regardless, yeah. I mean, I didn't see that a ton from Washington's corners, and the times I did, they got flagged for it. I don't know. That was a that was a strange call. Even man. so, like, there's sure. Uh, listen. You can say that. I think that's okay to be like, well, they haven't played the best teams in the world. Sure. But they're also crushing those bad teams. Yes, they're winning games. You know, games. there's a difference. Yes, if they're, they're not in tight, they're not like struggling. They're, you know, they're and, getting together. Look, they're if, still gelling, too. And if you want to flip it, flip it around, like, look at Dallas. Who has Dallas beaten this year? They've beaten San Francisco. They've beaten the Giants. Mm-hmm. And who was the they third team? Arizona. And Cardinals. Arizona. Were Those are the three teams they beat. And they got and they struggled they got against Arizona their early. Butts kicked yeah. by Denver. By Denver, who the Giants went out there and beat. So, like, let's not get it twisted. All right. Like, I get it. They haven't beaten the Patriots yet or whoever you want. They're no great teams. The distance, you know, the, it's like, the, the distance is even with the better teams in this league. You know, you mentioned Kansas City. We already saw they they weren't that far away, and that was week two of the season. I don't know how they're going to stack up against the Patriots, but man, unless that. Unless they just all of a sudden turned it around last week against Atlanta with their defense, it's still a huge Whoa. liability. And you they know? lost their best defensive player for the yeah. season. Dante Hightower is their best player on defense. And, and also, that's a monster loss. Just want to make the point losses are coming. You know, this team is not going to be 15 1, but if they do, well. that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> According to their DVOA, they have a chance to go 15. Yeah. But, like, listen, losses are coming. We're going to get frustrated by it. Hell, it might be. It might be this week. There might be a drop uh, drop ball here, you know. I don't think so. It no. would be extremely eh. hard for them to lose this football game. But let's go to Jim in Malvern and see what he thinks. Jim, what's going on, buddy? How are you? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You guys are uh, you guys are the best. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't think we're going fifteen and one, but uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, ten and six, eleven five around there. I'd say. I you think know? that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, just the latter part is going to be tough. You know, we're going to lose a couple games. But uh, my main point of calling is was um, about the Wentz um, Hall of Fame potential. Listen, uh, I, I, I wasn't around. I'm, I'm only I'm only 22. I wasn't around for um, uh, the guy in the 80s. What's his name? Not not Jaws, but for uh, Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham. Thank you. But uh, Donovan McNabb, my man. If I had to vote, I would not vote you in for the Hall of Fame at all. <laughs> Me I, neither. I'm I have so much resentment towards him. I like T.O. more than I like McNabb. And I think I speak for the majority of the city. I think that's, you yeah. know, it's funny, too. Is yeah. As that was happening, everyone was on McNabb's side. And as it keeps getting further yeah. and further away, everybody swung back around to T.O. And, and I think that, you know, look, McNabb, obviously, like, he didn't have the type of personality where, where he was embraced. And I think he's still clearly very jealous and resentful yep, towards absolutely. this city. Um, but, I, I, you know, we can't underrate how good a quarterback he was. You know, he really did some some amazing things here. He's the best quarterback in franchise history, bar none. Sure. But, yeah. I mean, but, and look, and he was, exactly, that's where I'm going. Because, look, and McNabb was, McNabb, I think a lot of people forget, in, in 1999, that first year when he came in, the year after, in 2000, he was second in the MVP voting in the league. He still yeah. wasn't close to what we're seeing from Wentz. He was not nearly the quarterback this far into his, you know, this quickly into his career that we're seeing from Carson Wentz. Who knows, you know, what that means long term, but 23 games into each of their respective careers, you have to say that Wentz has the higher ceiling. 
Yeah, and I think Wentz also won't be puking in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, you know, there's still time, Jen. You know, we appreciate, yeah. appreciate, appreciate uh, the call, buddy. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, and that's where, I, I, the, for this team, and going back to just the everything all together, and listen, my head was in the clouds, I'm just saying, you know, like, if if there's a possibility of him being at that caliber, I'm not going to know how to handle it as a Philadelphia I mean, team. look, he's one of the MVP it, frontrunners yeah. 23 games into his career. That's something. Going back to the previous caller before that, you know, there's going to be times to really see, like, where is this team? Right now, there's, there's a lot of people that are on the Rams bandwagon, rightfully so. Seattle has been in and out of this game for a long time. We understand that they always come up right at the end. That's when they're best at it's... Towards the end of the year, the defense really comes together. Russell Wilson is down by 20 points. All of a sudden, he turns it on in the third and fourth quarter. Whoopsie-daisy, Seattle wins. Uh, yes, th- those things, those tests are all going to come. We don't know what the Raiders are going to be like because they're up and down, and they're they're weird, but they're on the schedule. Uh, it doesn't take away anything that they've done uh, for me here lately. I just want to sneak in, Arthur, real quick before we go to break. Arthur, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Yo, guys, how are you? Yo, oh, Arthur. Yo. I moved out here to Scottsdale, Arizona. Never a bad day in my life. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yeah. Now, listen, I just want to keep it real for you. Even if the Eagles go 15-1, and one, and at the end they don't get the ring, what does the season come to then? I don't know. It's already better than anybody expected already, yeah. and you got a potential franchise quarterback in there. Now, listen, the Yankees went all the way to the end, lost game seven. They're out of it. You see what we did with Girardi? We just threw him to the street. Because your brother, without the ring, you're just a loser. Why don't you guys? That's Philadelphia mentality. You're never going to change. Hey, Arthur, uh, how the Giants doing? Listen, I love you guys. I miss you. And if you see that guy, Howard Eskin, the, the king of the dope, you could tell him I said hi. But Arthur, we will do, we will do exactly that. I'm we're, sure he misses you. He'd never admit it. We're also going to say hi to Sean Brace because he's coming up next. It's the NFL Picks on BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. On the road again. The 49ers are traveling 2,902 miles to get a beatdown. Like going to the prom with your mom. Oh, man. Mom burn. <laughs> Twice the normal burn. Hear the Eagles 49ers game here Sunday at 1 on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We've got uh, Rob and Tank about 15 minutes away. It is BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, editor in chief of BleedingGreenNation.com. Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton, all along with you for the last 15 minutes. And as always, right now, we go to Sean Brace from Fox 29 and also PhillyInfluencer.com to make our NFL NFL picks. Uh, Sean, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Gentlemen, best record in the league, and it's week eight. This is incredible. What a ride. And we got Halloween right around the corner. I got my Guy Fieri costume. I'm ready to go to Flavor <laughs> Did you go, uh, are you dyeing your hair blonde and all that jazz? Yeah, definitely dyeing my hair black. <laughs> <laughs> no, which uh, you have the? Did, did they sell the Guy Fieri uh, yep. wigs and things the like that? All ready to go. The visor with the hair. Love it. I no, totally. You could. I. I see this costume like immediately. You can totally pull off Guy Fieri. Right here, I'm diners. Yes, exactly. <laughs> with uh, with Reese's cups and more in his hand. Let's get to the NFL picks. It's time to ring the bell. Here comes. 
Radio NFL Picks on Sports Radio 94 WIP. And uh, we are expanding it a little bit today. We should just call them football picks because yeah, we buddy. got a little bit of surprise towards the end. But the NFL picks are brought to you by the Sportsbook at Delaware Park. It's where you can watch and wager all the pro football games on Sunday. Go to DelawarePark.com for more details. Delaware Park is a lottery agent of the Delaware Lottery, and you must be 21 to play. But James Seltzer, you don't have to be 21 to watch. Where are we going first? I used to be 21 quite a long time ago. (laughs) All right, uh, let's uh, head to, talked about it quite a bit today, our nation's capital for whatever that's worth as Dallas heading into Washington. Opened at one point for Washington, went Big time the other way. Dallas, a two and a half point road favorite. Mr. Brace, start us off here. Yeah, I really wanted to go skins here. This is two teams that are evenly matched, believe it or not, when you look at the stats. But I, I just look at this as a desperate game. Both teams, three, three. Dallas has to have this game. I think they go on the road and win this game. Ring the bell. Listen, I'm going to take the upset here. I just think that, you know. I, I, Dallas is another prove-it team for me. As much as much as people want to go through here and say, you know, Dallas is going to be the team, I, I just I don't like them on the road here. I'm going to take the dog. I'm going to take the points. I like Washington in this one, James. Ring the bell again! <laughs> I'm with Brace here. I, 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 I hate to say it. I just think Dallas is a better football team than Washington. Coming off a big win against San Francisco, I think they kind of carry that through. I don't love it. I don't think it's a, a huge win, but I think they win by three or more. I'll take Dallas. John, you are wrong. <laughs> three, three, three against one and coming fired, in. fired, so leave, yeah, please. Also fired. Uh, all right, moving on. James, where are we heading to next? Sir? All right, uh, we talked about this, too. This is a really way to segue into all these picks. Good yeah. job here. As you just mentioned, uh, uh, Bob McNair, a.k.a. the moron Bob McNair, as I am now calling him. Uh, Houston heading into Seattle. Seattle six and a half point home favorite. BLG, start us off here. Seahawks do not lose at home unless it's maybe an NFC West team. I feel pretty good about Seattle here. I know Deshaun Watson has been playing well, but he's a rookie quarterback going into Seattle. That is not an easy environment to play in. I like the Seahawks. Uh, a must sit for fantasy, I believe, this week. Uh, with Deshaun Watson. I like Seattle, too. Uh, you know, I don't think the uh, points aren't scaring me away either here, Sean. I'm taking Seattle at uh, minus six and a half. The inmate bowl. And uh, there's, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot on the Houston Texans' mind right now. So give me Seattle at home all day. Oh, I can't do it. I want to do it. I disagree. I do think Deshaun Watson kind of matchup proof from a fantasy perspective. Wow. I don't think it's going to be a great Garbage week touchdowns. for him, but I think he's going to with the floor with the running. But yeah, I just uh, I, I, what Sean said is really hits me. I think if there were not all this stuff surrounding, I think Houston could keep it close. But I think too much volatility in that locker room right now. I will agree and take Seattle. All right. For the first time, I think ever. First time ever. In the history <laughs> Needs of to be the done. Ring the Bell picks. This is like a big deal here. We are going down to the college ranks. Big, big game today. PSU, number two in the country, heading into Ohio State. Ohio State, open at seven and a half, moved to seven, I believe. Ohio State, a seven-point favorite against the Nittany Lions. Sean, start us off. You can catch that game on Fox 29, 3.30. You're damn right. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. I really, really, really want to take Penn State outright. I want to take them going up the Ohio State. They're a better football team. But when it comes down to points and all that, I, I just feel like there's something going on with this Vegas line. That's a lot of points. Give me Ohio State, and they roll in this one. They beat Penn State. I'm sorry. They do. Overrated. 
Overrated. Lock it in, baby. I'll take Ohio State minus 10 today, baby. It's happening today. I'm calling my shot for like the third week in a row. Ring the bell. <laughs> oh, there it is. We got to get a little Nittany Lion love here in, in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. And I can't believe I'm the one to do it because, God, I hate Penn State. My <laughs> wife went there and I still hate Penn State. For me, look, I don't know who wins this game. I think it's going to be incredibly close. Seven points is too many. It's too many points. This is a three-point line. There is no way it should be a seven-point line. Take the extra four points and run with it again. I think it's a close game. I think they could win an outright, but I'm definitely taking the points here. I hope they both lose. <laughs> that's that's a smart that's the, man, there right? That's the correct Honestly, answer. That is the one and only correct yes. answer. All right, let's finish this thing out. Sunday, many have called it a trap game. Many have not. Where are we at? Where are <laughs> we is, at here? Uh, this line has jumped around a bunch. It opened at Eagles 11. Uh, it has gone up since there. Some places at 12. Some places at 13. We will split the differences. Some places at also 12 and a half. So uh, uh, it is the Eagles, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Sean, how do you feel yeah. about the birds? Well, I, I think we'd all be on the same page that if this weather wasn't, you know, coming in full force tomorrow, yeah. I think everybody across the board say Eagles. And guess what? They both have to deal with the weather. So I'm still staying with the Eagles, and I think they destroy the 49ers at home tomorrow. I really do. Give me the Eagles. Yeah, I can't I can't go against the line. To, uh, because of just the offensive line matchup alone with this Eagles defensive line, I I, I feel bad for Carlos Hyde and C.J. Beathard tomorrow because I don't think the offense needs to score points. Yeah, me too. I agree. <laughs> I Look, I think that, uh, I, again, it could be 17 to nothing. It could be 20 to 3. It could be that type of ugly game where the rain does make an influence. But like you said, Sean, both of these teams have to play in this weather. C.J. Beathard, a lot less confidence in that guy getting through this oh, game yeah. in this weather than Carson Wentz. And again, you know, better football teams play better in those types of situations. I think this Eagles football team is a good football team, and I think they handle their business and they win this, you know, going away, so to speak. Listen. Carson Wentz. <laughs> he gave me the Larry Popov. Yeah, there we go. He is our baby right now. I trust Carson Wentz. I trust Doug Peterson, also our baby right now. Eagles are winning this game. There it is. So across the board, the rain doesn't uh, the rain doesn't kill anything, and uh, that uh, that will do it for the NFL picks. And for Sean Brace, Sean, uh, when can we see you next on the TV? I just want to say that out of the sixty thousand fans at the link last on uh, Monday night, I ran into him. I ran <laughs> to face. I still can't believe this. He was amped, too. Uh, I'll be on Fox 29 tonight after World Series Game 4. Appreciate it, as always, boys. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go Thanks, birds. Sean. And, uh, yeah, it's, it is. You know, he hasn't aged a day, hardly. I mean, like, sure, he's a little grayer in the mustache, our good friend Larry. But, like, he's he's a full-on uh, blown Eagles meme now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. very impressive. And it's from a, everybody, it's, it's time to get, job. It's time to pop some cold ones. Listen. <laughs> this year is our year it, across yeah. the board. It, it, it's I think so far clearly the meme of the season. Absolutely. I would say right. I mean, it's not going anywhere anytime be. fast. Yeah. Uh, well, that's going to wrap uh, some things up for us, gentlemen. Any any final thoughts here as we're heading out? It's a great question. Uh, I was not prepared <laughs> for the final thoughts question. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I, look, I think it, like we talked about a lot today. I think. All the stuff surrounding this, there's a lot of talk about Super Bowl. There's a lot of talk about this, a lot of talk about that. Like, just try and divorce yourself from the angst, from, you know, the history and all that stuff. And just try and watch and enjoy these games. Because if you could do that, it's a really fun football team to watch. Like we talked about, it's a likable team that you can root for. And and again, be willing to dream with Carson Wentz because what he's yeah. done through 23 games is dream worthy. Like, the ceiling is 
Hall of Famer. Like, that's the ceiling. We'll see if he ever gets there, but that's the ceiling. Yeah, uh, my final thought is CN Faye is a coward. And- yes! <laughs> I got real quick. I got blocked. I got blocked in five seconds by him. I never mentioned his name. I put his name. I was like, never been blocked by him before. Five seconds. It yeah, was he, unbelievable. He actually blocked this radio feed, so he can't hear us right now. <laughs> but uh, that's my final thought. Yeah, uh, I would just say I've seen uh, a lot of curses broken recently, and so have you between the Red Sox, the Cubs, uh, hell, even the, you know, Cleveland winning a championship yep. at all. It, it all breaks that way. The best way to get around that is to depart from all of those things. And it's extremely hard hard to do. And it's not going to happen. You know, it might necessarily not happen this year. You've got a guy and whoever thought we say maybe even a coach that's going to get you there along with a ton of different defensive talent and a guy that can really sling that rock. That's going to do it for BGN Radio. Uh, Rob Cherry, Hollis Thomas in next. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gouton. Thanks to all for listening right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.